About two years ago, I started to really think about all of the stuff I've accumulated in my life. Why do I own all this stuff? Why do I buy it? What does it mean to me? Would it be good to get rid of? Would it be liberating? Or would that be something I would find to be disappointing? So I started to go down this path of I want to get rid of 60% of my stuff. So I started to sell bicycles and cars and give away clothes and sell stuff on eBay. And it's been an interesting process. And through it all, I've learned a lot. One of the people that I wanted to speak to when I was sort of first embarking on this endeavor uh, was Sean Hotchkiss, who wrote this story for GQ about how he just sort of dramatically gave away all of his stuff uh, and only had one rack of clothes in a very sort of minimal existence. And as over the years, as he's gone through that and I was sort of on my own path going through things, I wanted to talk to him and touch base with him about what, what did it feel like for you? Do you regret it? How did it go? And so we reconnected recently and I wanted to invite him on the podcast to talk about his relationship to stuff, what he's doing on the coaching front with his clients and how does it feel to get rid of your stuff and what is our relationship with things we own? So that conversation is here. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you find this meaningful. It's been an interesting process for me and, and one that I think is still ongoing for a little while and remains to be seen if it will be successful, but it's been interesting and I've learned a lot about myself and my relationship to consumerism and why I buy things and I hope it's enlightening for you too. Hi, it's Michael. I'm here with Sean Hotchkiss. He's a recurring guest now. This is your second appearance. <laughs> I don't really even have, this isn't like a, there's no regularity to the podcast. So I feel like being a repeat guest here is a, is a big, it's a big thing, but also like, you know, I'm so poorly organized that <laughs> uh, it's nice that it happened on, you know, just on by happenstance. And it's a, uh, I'm glad glad to chat with you. I feel like these. I was really excited about this conversation. I'm normally a little bit nervous, uh, partially that I'm going to embarrass myself, but also like that you know that it's going to be a tough tough to get through it or keep it interesting. But it's it's always easy to talk to you. And thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. So just as a reference, like last time we spoke, we kind of, it, it was a little bit ad hoc and this actually, we, we sort of had a bigger conversation around and planned it a little bit. Um, but I had done some story, I think around Black Friday and then was thinking about the that GQ story that you wrote about your sort of coming to terms with all of the all of the clothing and possessions that you had sort of accumulated at a certain point living in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and then- ultimately you kind of came to the idea of like, I need to get rid of all this stuff and kind of, it was like pretty drastic. I think much more so than I was willing to do. I mean, do you want to, we can sort of chat about that a little bit and then, you know, kind of carry this forward, but how did that make you feel like, or I mean, how did you just come to terms with the impulse of like, I'm going to get rid of all this stuff? I think it, you know, hindsight is really helpful for me on this because I'm realizing that that, that GQ article and that process I had of sort of purging my closet was like the beginning of the process for me. Um, and 
it was drastic. You know, I look at it now and, and I, I look at it, like you said, as, as drastic, you know, like it was like it, it, the source of it was kind of this disgust of like, Oh my God, like, what have I been doing? I've been, I've been, you know, moving around New York for all these years with like, you know, 12 giant boxes of clothes. Like I just feel swallowed by this stuff and I just want to, I just want to get rid of it, you know? So it was like, that was the impulse for that. Um, like so many people are so connected to like, there's this apprehension to get rid of anything, right. Where it's like, I might want that later and then I won't have it. And I think, you know, as human nature is very much, it's much harder to lose something that you've already had as to then to live without something you've, you know, then to live without. Right. So I feel like that's the scary part that a lot of people that holds them back from sort of taking that step that you took. I mean, did you, you were just like, so over it, you didn't care or you're, you had a different perspective on the things that you own. I think I was in a space, like I said, of like, I was still pretty extreme about it. Like I, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to test myself and go on the adventure of like, who would I be without this stuff? So I was, I was interested in that, you know, and, and, and like, even when we talked last year, year and a half ago, like I was still, I was in a really different space. Like it's, it's been this whole evolution from mm -hmm. that time. It was like, it was like that, that purge was the beginning and it allowed me to kind of start over and reevaluate. And then I went through some period, like some very lean years of <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to stick to this because I said I would, you know, and like, like I, I watched that match kind of my emotional state too. Like I was in this like very like kind of withdrawn, like, um, like a, a difficult space. Like I was healing a lot of stuff from my childhood around mm -hmm. my dad and various other things. And those were like these lean years. So, and now like I've come out the other side of that and I'm sort of like slowly introducing things that I used to love back into my life. Um, but I want to have like a healthier relationship with them. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So this, this goes to what you're doing. And so that when you were in New York, you were mostly working as a writer, working for magazines, working for GQ, freelancing, working for brands doing copy. Eventually you moved out to California, you live in LA and you started, you know, transitioning from just doing writing to doing coaching. And now you're doing coaching full-time and that's like your primary thing. And is that, and this process, like, is, I think you, you're in a very unique position because you've gone through this, you've done this kind of drastic thing. You have a lot of perspective on, you know, apparel and the things we wear and the things we own just based on like your, your past working for magazines. And then now you're thinking about like the other side, which is like the impulse side, right. Which you're, you're talking about like connecting the physical things we own with like the things we feel, right. Like what have you learned like through this process of, you know, like what, what was driving that in you? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I, if I look back to those, the years that I lived in New York and I was really absorbed in, you know, the, the menswear scene and, and working at GQ and stuff. I mean, I, during those years, I was consuming that stuff out of uh, a certain level of like inadequacy, a feeling of like, I want to, I want to acquire something outside myself, like a lifestyle, a dream. I see people living in a certain way and like, I want that. And mm -hmm. But for me, it always felt like it was kind of filling a hole. And that's kind of what that article was about is like allowing myself to go down that path a little bit and find out what that 
what that hole was, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, now, now working with it, I, I think my process around it has been like coming from a healed place, coming from a place where I don't feel like I'm consuming out of a void, Mm -hmm. um, like reintroducing stuff and like allowing myself to love that stuff because I always loved that stuff. It's like, it, it was, it was more just the, the, the place it was coming from. It wasn't the actual stuff, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing for me that I think about where it's like, just even zooming out of like this conversation and, and being like, all right, I have a newsletter and a podcast that's about ostensibly buying things. But then like, here we are like talking about like, am I always just preaching? Like, don't buy anything or whatever. It's, it's kind of, that's not really the point. Um, mm. it, it is, it's not really like the, the things that you buy aren't the negative. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the behavior behind it? And it doesn't always need to be right. Like you don't always need to have a perfect grasp of why you're doing things when you are, it's like, it's just like a, on a macro level, like what are the bigger trends in my life? Like, why was I doing these things? Like what I found was like a lot of what I was buying and was based out of boredom, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And it's like, you kind of like start looking for something and it like, it's like buying an old car. Like it consumes all your time because you're looking for the right one. And then eventually you find it and you buy it, then you're dealing with it. And it's like, this feels like, you know, what you're saying, it feels a void or like it consumes like a certain amount of free time. And you see that as like an activity or like, uh, an aspect of your personality. Right. And I think we're all like celebrating that stuff externally on social media all the time. And that's a big part of people's lives, you know, and it's not bad. Like I, I look at everything as like a process, like with young people mm-hmm. with fashion, it's like trying to figure out your style, your aesthetic, like you're going to go down some like strange roads, I think, you know, wear some, wear some weird stuff and be into some weird stuff, which I think is fine. And that's healthy. Right. Um, and it's like, you're, you're a good example. It's like, all, all of this is like a path you're on a path and it's a journey and you're figuring it out as you go. Totally. Yeah. One thing that comes up with a lot of my clients brings up something that you spoke about is like, like the, the buying out of boredom thing. Like a lot of guys will say that, like, they actually enjoy like that, the rush that comes from the actual buying process. Right. It's like you, you know, you're like on eBay and you're researching stuff or you're like mm-hmm. online shopping and there's like, it, it, it starts to build the energy, right? Like, it's like, it's a, it's a process in itself. And like you, you find the thing that you've been looking for and then you order it and you wait for it. And the day it comes, it's like this, you know, yeah, like yeah. I said, it, it takes up a fair amount of time too. like, it can be, that can be a pretty like heady distraction, right. From something. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I've, I've been reading that book, Dopamine Nation. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it, but the author talks a lot about like all the, all the like hits of dopamine that you get like along the way and sort of like how, you know, how we've organized a lot of our lives around like a lot of these sources of dopamine, which, you know, e-commerce is one of them, which is kind of funny. Well, I mean, what else have you like seen with your clients, like working, you work with men, do you, do you exclusively work with men? I mean, is that like your practice? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mostly, I, I 99% of my clients are men. Mm-hmm. And so are there other things that like you've seen that like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in like, like men, men going to the doctor, like men's health as, as an issue, right. That like, doesn't, you know, you see sometimes like things about like men's mental health, where it's like, I don't have anyone to talk to. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, you feel like you're closed off from like a lot of people. I mean, are there other things that like bigger things that you intersect with some of this consumer 
habits that you see? I mean, it's kind of like a tough question, maybe. No, definitely. I mean, I, I think one thing that I see with most guys that come into my practice are that they're typically like really hard on themselves and like don't have the highest opinion of themselves. And I think that that makes us vulnerable to the messages of consumerism and stuff that say like, Oh, get this and you'll better your life. You know, like Mm -hmm. just we're as men, we're specifically, I think, ripe for that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's pretty, yeah, that's, it's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there like that, that don't, you just, that don't get churned up much because it's like guys don't want to talk about it or whatever. And not to generalize. Um, that's just like my experience. So um, it's, it's interesting. Like I'm, so let's go back to your journey a little bit in terms of like consumerism. So you like, you got rid of everything. You lived a couple of years where you're like, to me, I see that as like a little bit of like a camping trip where you're like, I'm out here, it's raining, it's cold. I'm miserable. Like, why did I do this? But then you kind of gut it out and like, and then on the other side, maybe you're like, well, I'm happy I did that now looking back. I mean, is that what it felt like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Once I, once I identified that I was sort of like just sticking to that, like sort of just, just out of this, like sort of masochistic, like lean (laughs) desire, like then, then I started to have more fun again. Like, like right now I'm having a really fun time with, with buying clothes again. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, like one thing I love to do is like get clothes for, for cheap that are still awesome. So like, I'll go, I'll go to like the flea markets around LA and I love like big, like baggy, like old Russell athletic sweatshirts. And so I just buy a ton of those and they're like 20 bucks mm-hmm. and like, but I like have them in every color and they like make me happy and I like wear them every day, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, shit when, like that. When you were, when you were super lean, like explain to everyone, like what you mean, like, cause I, I know like it was, this was like a dramatic thing. Like you had like one rack of clothes total. Like, I mean, what, what was it like? Were there ridiculous situations where you're like, I, I just literally have no possessions and I can't, <laughs> can't go to something cause I have nothing to wear or like. Yeah. I, I think there were, there were a couple of places. I, I, there were a couple of places when I was living in LA that I moved into and I realized that it had like swung the pendulum had swung in the complete opposite direction from like living in New York where I had like 12 giant garment boxes of clothes to like, I had like a pile of clothes and I was like, I mean, like, okay, but that did you like, keep them in a pile or did you hang them up? <laughs> no, there's somewhere hanging somewhere in the pile. But like a good example is like, I, I, I only had like a couple pairs of pants at one point. And I was kind of like, I think we talked about this last time. I was kind of like, dude, just buy yourself some more pants. Like, come on. You know, like, I have to wear these dirty pants. Cause I don't have any pants to wear because <laughs> I've been able to clean them. It's pretty, it, ama- it's pretty amazing. Isn't it like a funny thing though, when you like catch yourself, like sort of just sticking to something like that, just out of sheer stubbornness, like that's, that's kind of the experience I had around it. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I've been sort of going through saying like, I'm going to get rid of like 60% of my stuff. Um, and you know, we've kind of just moved for the third time in like two years. And when you move, it's, you know, just really, eye-opening like your possessions what you own what you have i mean you're boxing it up or you see it on a truck i mean there's so many like physical it's not like all tucked away in drawers and whatever and it's been hard for me to just kind of get through that process and even like because i've been publicly saying like i'm doing this and i'm trying to get rid of stuff and i really am and you know i'm doing it publicly i felt like i'm held to it and then i i've just realized too like how hard it is to get rid of stuff 
Mm. No, I just don't want to just give it away. Like that's my problem is like, I just, I mean, I'm happy to donate things when appropriate. And then there's other things where I'm like, these have tons of value left in them or that the life of this is, you know, still very much in front of it. Like, does not make tons of sense to just dump it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really hard process. I mean, it's much harder to get rid of this stuff than it is to get it all. So true, man. That is the number one lesson that I learned from writing that piece all those years ago is like, it was so fucking hard for me to get rid of all my stuff. Even, even just last, I think like uh, two, three weeks ago, I, I made a run to uh, Buffalo exchange and just like unloaded a bunch of crap from my closet. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, this is a terrible experience. Like, it's like, you know, you, you go in there, you, you kind of feel, you feel like they're they're you know, they're sort of looking through your things, examining your, you know, do they have holes in them? <laughs> they like, it's just, and then you get like a hundred bucks. I mean, I, I probably brought like a couple thousand dollars worth of clothes in there and got a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you definitely can't like what all that's like very much like a sunk, you know, sunk cost and all those clothes. It's like, once, once it's that, once you do it, it's like, there's no, no getting out of it. It's uh, you know, I feel like you do that and you're subjecting yourself to like, what were you thinking when you bought this almost like you're like, you know, they're looking through your clothes at Buffalo exchange and you're like, Oh, well, you know, I was going for this, like, you know, I loved leather jackets. That was that moment, you know? It's pretty funny. Um, you know, it's, I think about a lot about young, just like this younger generation that sort of grew up, you know, with a different sense of ownership, right. Where it's like ownership is a little bit more temporary and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of that all of this paralleled like grailed and all these other resale depop. And I don't even know, I don't even know them all, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm like an older, you know, I'm a different generation. Right. And so I'm like, think of eBay and whatever, but um, it's interesting, like younger people just see these things as like, I'm going to buy a jacket, wear it for a while and then flip it on grailed or whatever, you know, totally. it's pretty, and, and it's, it's very different from like, um, you know, someone in someone Gen X or Gen Z or whatever. Yeah. yeah I guess Gen Definitely. Z is like after, but so, you know, just speaking for myself, like, it's interesting, like there are like different perspectives on this. And I feel like people, you know, I, I don't know if like all younger people have changed their, pers- you know how they approach ownership, but it's definitely changing. Um, I don't know if like, we'll make it in time to like save earth, but you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah, that will yeah. happen. I feel like it. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the older generations are definitely more connected to possessions and kind of like, you know, um, sort of like those, those checked boxes, right. Like get the house, get the car, get the, get the, this, that, and the other thing, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to like the younger generations seem more connected to the experiences. And like, if the experience is owning like this crazy cool jacket for a while and then flipping it, like that's just the experience. Do you think the fashion industry, like the clothing business, like under is still like working in the same, like still functioning the same way that it always has? Or do you think it's moving like with, you know, just people being more conscious of like what they're buying and whatever. I mean, do you think this is like actually a movement or like we just like two crazy people? (laughs) I think, I think it's happening on the, on the personal level and like on with like, you know, social media people and stuff like that. Like, I think that those voices are the loudest for this stuff that we're talking about. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I I see that. I, I don't know if I see a a shift in the, in the actual industry. I mean, I'm sure there are things happening to reflect that, but I, well, I guess a good example would be like companies selling, you know, used versions of their stuff, right? Like a Patagonia or a Mark mm-hmm. or something like selling old jackets. 
I guess yeah. that would be an example of it. Yeah. But. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, that, that aspect of like, I mean, getting something fixed is, I mean, one of the greatest experiences, right? You feel like you're like cheating. You're, you know, I actually had a, a Gitman like woven shirt that I've just worn. I basically wore it like every day during the pandemic and like the, the elbows are all worn out and it's just like kind of falling apart. And I, I was like, you know, I don't, I can't really, I could fix something really simple, but I can't really fix it. And I actually went on Etsy, found a guy in Texas and sent it to him. And he like fixed it in a sort of creative, artful way. And mm -hmm. I'm like, now this shirt is like, and you know, I think I spent 50 bucks to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but the shirt like is, has another life. And I'm like, I feel like I've cheated and I didn't need to like go buy a new one. And um, right. it's pretty interesting. Like when you can do that, it's like, that's, I mean, it, my, so my journey, like with ACL, like so much of what I've always thought about was like, you know, I loved that. I love that you could buy a pair of Red Wings and have them resold. And, you know, kind of, that was something like my dad had actually, you know, one of my first experiences was with Red Wings when I worked for my dad, like doing manual labor. And he took me to like the Red Wing store in my town. Um, mm. And I would, and he was like, you know, you wear these and then when they get worn out, like they'll, they'll resold them and they're like, they come back better than new in a way. And I was kind of always like fascinated by that. And, you know, so much of our lives and like products have gone through this process of like, they're not worth repairing. And to me, that's like, why should they be worth buying if you, you know, they're not even worth like trying to fix. Um, and it, it, it became this like interesting rarity and sort of my, you know, I think like I was born with like this obsession with like, clothes and things. And mm -hmm. I just think it's like very much like sort of built into me. It's not something I like grew up around. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's an interesting, like, I, I think like there's so much to be said for buying something, finding value in other ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And that sort of exploration, I guess like that's, you know, that's how I can, you know, write about buying things, but also write, you know, talk about trying to get rid of all your stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think like you, you, you know, you, you've sort of gone through this process where you're like, it's not really about buying things. It's kind of about buying the right things. Yeah. Or it's like I, having a better connection to the things that you're buying. Yeah. I, I think that that connection of like, you know, in, in a very like sort of Marie Kondo sense, right. Like that these things are like things that really excite you. Like, like when I buy something now, like I'm so much more selective about it. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll buy something that I know I'm going to wear a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and like the things that I do own now, like I wear them all pretty much. Like there's not like the, those, that's one thing that, that purging all that stuff like really gave me is like, if there's a, some stuff in my closet that I don't like, I just, now I just get rid of it. I mm -hmm. just want the stuff there that I like mm -hmm. and, and the, the fun aspect to it. Would you recommend the purge to people? Would you say like, this is a, the, the path that you've gone on that route? Would you, would you recommend that to people? Yeah, always. I, I think it's like a, I think it's like a, an interesting test. And regardless of even, even if you end up holding on to all your shit, right. And you don't get rid of it. Like if you start down the path of doing that, I feel like you'll learn something about yourself. What about if I rent a storage unit and then put all my extra stuff in the storage unit, but then never go there? That way I know I have it, right? But I haven't gotten rid of it. I feel like that's half of what I'm doing. I totally. like no, so so would you do this? Would you get rid of your your sort of excess possessions in the same way 
now, knowing what you know, having gone through this, would you do it all the same way or would you, would, is there a better way to do this? Like if someone was like, look, I have too much stuff too. I need to like simplify my life. I need to like cut back on like all this crap I'm buying out of boredom. Like, what would you, what would your advice be? I think that I would personally go back and do it a little bit differently just because there was some stuff that I tossed that I wouldn't mind having. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, but I also think that there's something about the journey of it, right? Like, it's like all this stuff is, is, is finite, right? It's like, you know, we can't, we can't take it with us. So it's like, yeah. Do I sometimes think about that like brown cashmere coat that I wish I still had? Like definitely, but also like whatever. Like it was a it was a it was a sacrificial thing that you know was I yeah. chalk it up to the story, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, you know I think it's it's interesting. Like when you think about I don't know sometimes like the idea or a picture of these things is like almost enough. You know, um, yeah. even if you can't have it anymore. You know, it's like just the idea that you did have it once or whatever, you knew it, right? You don't necessarily. Now you, I mean, that, yeah, now you could like have it, you could have an NFT of like your, <laughs> your, coat, your coat that you used to have. Your cashmere coat's on the blockchain already. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's there. I don't even know what that, most of that shit means, but um, yeah, I'm down, I'm down for <laughs> NFTs, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're digital anyway, so you don't have to have them cluttering up your house. It's fine. Um, has this informed like your, your push towards minimalism? Um, has it informed like how you pack when you travel? It's just so much easier. Cause you're like, I know exactly what I wear and like, what's, do you, do you take less stuff by nature of having less stuff or doesn't? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I mean, I just know that the packing process is easier because everything in there is stuff that I like. So it's like, I'll just bring, you know, I went to Florida recently and I brought like, you know, two pairs of pants that I like a couple pairs of shorts and like some sweatshirts and t-shirts and like mm -hmm. everything was so easy to put in there. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know what I like to wear. Cause this is what I wear every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So my other question is, do you think you could do this? Like having reduced down or sort of refined, you know, the things that you own and, and only, only having stuff that, you know, you like to wear and, Part of that is like you feel comfortable in, but makes you happy. Like you feel like you look the best, you know, you're projecting like the best version of yourself or whatever, how, whatever reason you're dressing for. Do you feel like you could have done this before you figured out exactly what you want to dress like or who you want to be? Probably not. I mean, cause like you said, I mean, you said it earlier in the conversation and I think it's so true. It's like, we, we all have to kind of go on our own journey to find out what that, what that is. What, you know, I think, I think the cool thing about clothes is like, you know, you can express a lot with clothes and, mm -hmm. and we can express whatever we want. So, but it's helpful to know kind of who we are first. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's interesting. Like when you think about what you wear, your style, like clothing as a, as a topic based, you know, based on the idea also of like being open to talk about it being, you know, I feel like it was something that like people wouldn't want to talk about guys, especially it's like not yeah. seen as something that's like sort of okay to be an interest for a long time. And I feel like it's like a big part of like figuring out who you are as a person, you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to like come up a lot. And I think maybe in like some of your work with your clients, you know, that does come up or you're more like willing to talk about that sort of thing. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but like, 
I don't think like into like general society, it's like that normal for people to talk about clothes, you know? Yeah. I guess it's probably like, like back around like the time that you started to do ACL and stuff, it became a lot more a part of the conversation for sure. But, but even then, I mean, we know like how niche that like world was, right? Like it was like such a small group, but, but I do notice on the whole, like more guys getting more aware of, of this stuff. And, and even with the, with the rise and prominence of like, you know, brands, brands that maybe, uh, I don't know, have come more on the mainstream. Again, I'm just thinking of like a Patagonia or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. people getting interested in the stories behind some of these brands. I think that that's, that's brought, I, I guess I just think that the average guy's awareness around this stuff has come up outside of just the major like metropolitan areas. Yeah. It's, and it's not like, it's not a bad thing to be interested in or to know about. It's like knowing about anything else, you know? You know, I, I just see this stuff like more, you know, I'm, I think, you know, because I'm so interested in who the people are that run brands or what brands say about certain things or like what I'm, you know, we're all trying to be someone, you know, we all sort of have a target, I feel like of who are, who we're the self we're trying to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the things that we do, what the car we drive, there's so many like decisions that make up you know, that image of ourselves. Right. Which I think we kind of do without thinking about uh, or acknowledging, you know, it's like, I, you know, so I like, and I sold that old car uh, and, and a lot of like that old car for me was like, I wanted to be that guy with the old car, you know, and I didn't realize it at the time. And it took, and it took, it took a a certain amount of time for me to come to terms with like, I was like doing that, like as a, that was like a, I was like part of the show, you know? Yeah. And I didn't, I don't really want to do that anymore. You know, I'm sort of like beyond that. Not that I'm above it. I'm just like past it. Sure. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think like, it's, it's interesting. Like when you kind of zoom out, I'm sure you're like doing this on a more regular basis, like with the people you work with, it's like trying to identify like why you've done things or why you yeah. do things. I mean, to your point earlier, I don't think it's always necessary to know why, but I think especially if something is coming, becoming like, you know, especially if something is becoming like a regular thing or it's or maybe we've seen that it's kind of getting in our way or that it's problematic, then I think it's really helpful to know why. But I agree with you. It's like I think with guys like we're so we're so tribal, like it's like we'll we'll kind of create those identities out of a desire to fit into whatever pack we're trying to fit into. Right. Like there's Mm -hmm. like you know, I can think of those archetypes, right? Like the, the sort of like tech guy and, or the finance guy, or, you know, the, the cool eccentric, like old car guy, you know, like there's, I see, I see it all the time. Like the fashion guy, you know, it's like, who I'm like surrounded by the most. And it's, it's not a knock, like it's, you know, and I think it's hard, it's hard to like the, the, because of all that tribalism, it makes it tough, you know, and it's, everyone wants to like, just to sort of be themselves or to like have an easy path and like not have to struggle with like fitting in and, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of get past that. And I'm sure a lot of people like aren't thinking about it at this point in their lives if they're older. Um, But it's still like, I think when, you know, when you grow up and it's hard to break through all that stuff and um, you know, but I see it like a lot with the fashion people. It's like all the fashion people are kind of the same too. Yeah. And they're all like into the same things and it's kind of funny. And I'm like, that's who I kind of surround myself with. 
and I like it, but it's, it's a, it's a whole thing itself, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And, and, and again, it's such a small group that it's like, it's like everybody's influenced by everybody. And I, I know for me, it was really big when I, when I came out of that bubble of New York, of being in that fashion bubble in New York, I was, I thought, I thought that that was kind of the epicenter of everything. Right. And then, you know, moving out here and, and meeting a bunch of different types of people, I was like, Oh my God, that's just like a tiny little corner of, of the world. And you break outside of that and like, nobody knows who these people are. Nobody knows like what this brand is. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it was like, I, it was a, a shock for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like when you're, you know, when you realize like you think because, it, you know, we're all curating our feed, right. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that, you know, if you're like, have an interest in fashion and, you know, certain things like over index on your, in your sort of built in, in newsfeed, right. That you've oh, like designed. And then you think like the whole world is like that when meanwhile, like no one knows like what the hell any of that shit is you know, <laughs> except you. And you're like stressing out about it. I'm kind of like at the weird point where I'm like, I just don't. And I'm, I'm I think yeah, I'm even like post hating Instagram, but I'm just at the point where I'm like, I get nothing from this. Yeah. There's like no point in going in here. Like there's nothing in here. Like it's not nothing enjoyable about it. Yeah. It's like really, really at this point for me, like totally pointless. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on like social? Where, where are you at? I mean, I spent many years like kind of off of it. And when I, when I did come back onto it, I was trying to like, like be truthful, you know, like about like what was happening for me. Um, and I think that that's where I see the potential going forward with it is like, like with something like TikTok, which is like, you know, it's not, it's kind of raw and off the cuff. Like you just kind of like, you know, it's mm-hmm. people making stuff in their cars and people just doing quick videos. Like, I, I feel like that, that rawness or that realness is sort of the antithesis to the polished Instagram mm-hmm. persona thing. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, like Instagram, like I've found people on there that are like saying like cool, real stuff like Mm -hmm. like really being authentic and really being vulnerable and like i think that's i think that's pretty cool granted i don't want to spend all day on it you know because i do notice the like you said you were reading that book the dopamine generation or whatever like i'm 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 i notice that i feel a certain i it it gets my brain working in a certain way that i don't like yeah yeah i mean i think like that but it's not just that it's like everything we do Like a lot of what we do. So one of the things that I don't know, like how I started doing this or whatever, but I just, and this is, I don't know, maybe I'm like going off the deep end a little bit, but um, I mean, I don't think this is that radical, but like, I've just started like going for walks Mm -hmm. and then trying to like hold my attention on something and trying to keep bringing my brain back to what I was thinking about and not letting it run away. Um, And I guess that's like some degree of like mindfulness or whatever, but it's interesting, like when you do that and then when you try to, and then you deploy it, like when you're working or when you're doing something around like your computer or your phone, and Mm -hmm. it gives you like a little bit more of a sense of control. And then you realize when you get that, like how little control you have over like the shit that you do. Um, And I, I wrote about this a little bit, but I think like the Apple watch as weird as that sounds like for me helps me just leave my phone in a drawer. Cause I'm like, if someone needs to call me, they can get in touch with me or I can get a text or whatever, but I, mm-hmm. I'm, there's, there's no scrolling on it. You're not finding anything on it. It's only yeah. doing like the bare minimum. 
And that to me is like, I just can't be around the phone. It's not like I'm hating on all of that stuff. It's just, you know, I find like, I just get sucked into that. Then I'm like ignoring my kid, like doing some stupid something on whatever, you know? And it's, you know, I think like a lot of what we're doing, it's like all this. So just tie all this stuff together. Like a lot of it feels like these habits of like buying things, scrolling on, you know, what social media, all this stuff is like, just, you know, we kind of fall into these habits of like life. And then they, you know, this, this wave comes and just carries us away on this stuff, you know? And I think like what you're doing, like the, you know, what I'm inspired by what you're doing and what I'm trying to do with myself is like to just, you know, be a little bit more uh, planted and Mm -hmm. fixed on, you know, how I'm intentionally living my life or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I I feel like I'm getting all the buzzwords in, but like, it's not, (laughs) not on purpose. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Like when, you know, you explore these things, I I just think I find like what you've done with like your personal possessions, like pretty fascinating and compelling. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, when when I hear you, when I hear you talk about all that, I just think like being curious, like being curious about, you know, why we do the things we do, like kind of breaking that sort of like, like autopilot. I think mm-hmm. that that's a lot of people are tinkering with that right now, which is really cool. Cause I think it got, we were all living on autopilot to some degree, especially with the, with the introduction of, you know, getting phones in our, in our pockets and all that stuff. And it, it was, you know, it's cool that people are experimenting. Like one thing that, a lot of the guys that I work with will do, they'll like challenge each other, each other to do this, which is like, you know, stay off your phone for the first hour of the day. And then the last hour of the day, that's mm-hmm. like something easy that can like sort of just allow you to be in your space with your stuff before introducing like other people's shit, you know, into your brain space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I need to work on that. I mean, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, well, it's, it's been nice talking to you. Um, thanks for, Thanks for taking the time and, and sharing like your, your story here and just, you know, everything you've gone through with, with all this stuff. It's uh it's cool. Like we'll have to keep, you know, keep, keep in touch on this and keep me posted. Yeah. I like, I like talking to you about the evolution of this stuff. Cause I know it's stuff that we are both thinking about and it's, it's, it's always fun to, it's always fun to touch in with you on it. Maybe it's cause we moved to, we both moved to California. It's like that. It's like when Don Draper goes to California, you know, and he gets all spiritual yeah. with crystals and stuff. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe our next episode will be at Esalen. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to sell a bunch of stuff to pay for that, but that sounds perfect. <laughs> Sweet. Right, you have, you have so much stuff. You could also buy my ticket. So I'll, I'll take oh, Okay. Yeah, I do. That's, that's fair. You know, it's fair. <laughs> It's and when you sell stuff, I will say having sold a bunch of stuff on eBay and uh-huh. and all over the place, offer up my own shop, whatever. When you that's like found money. You're like, I sold four thousand dollars worth of all this stuff that was just taking up space in my house, you know. Totally. Just convert that right into Bitcoin, you know. And then you're, <laughs> your shit is like, I mean, people are probably like hanging your shit on the wall. Like there's probably some dude in like like middle America, who was like, I bought this denim jacket from Michael Williams and now it's in my, it's over, over my pool table. You well, know? I hope, I hope, uh, they're probably throwing darts at it. Um, <laughs> with my picture, uh, I hope that, you know, I hope people that bought it will use it. You know, I think that all I really wanted, it's like not even about the money. It's just like, can someone appreciate this? You know, it's like, especially when it's hard to get rid of that makes it really easy. And, yeah. but it's not always that simple to do. 
So it's been it's been a fun journey, but uh, very inspired by your path and like what you've been doing, and and uh, and I appreciate you taking the time, to chat. Thanks for having me, man. It's really fun. Yeah, it's been cool. All right, Sean. All right, Michael. Thanks. Thanks.